Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Bullshift Podcast, where we take a no bullshit look at entrepreneurship and offer you some mindset shifting insights along the way with your host, Chance Aiken. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the No Bullshift Podcast, where we take a no BS look into entrepreneurship and get some mindset shifting insights along the way. Uh, today, I have a really awesome guest, Sabrina Torres, who is a social media marketer, video creator, and entrepreneur encourager who loves everything to do with business building and social media. Uh, it's really great to have you on, Sabrina. Uh, if you can first start off, just kind of tell us a little bit about your background, kind of what you've done, and then kind of what your transition into this field and this space. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, so basically, what I've what I've done is in the last two years, really, I've built a social media marketing business called Be Truly Social, and I started out just um, like many people do, trying to find something to do, right? Trying to find something to do with my life, and um, I heard about social media marketing and thought that's a thing. People pay other people to be on Facebook. I was very excited about this. Uh-huh. So I started doing the research and um, I actually was the um, involved in a small independent film company at the time. So I just started playing around with our social media and it evolved from there. And I decided to strike out on my own, build my own business. And in the past year and a half, I have worked with Everything from, you know, solo entrepreneurs, like business coaches, all the way up to an international billion dollar nonprofit. So um, my experience has been crazy and amazing and very widespread. Uh, And so I've, I've just learned a lot about social media and, and how to really reach people in a way that tells a story and gets people excited, you know? Yeah. No, and that that's, <laughs> it, it's funny that you mentioned kind of whenever you first heard about it, that seems to be everybody's reaction is uh, like, a, that's a real thing. You can actually have a business or a job, you know, kind of doing uh, social media for other people. And it it's once you break through that wall, then, you know, we get so immersed in this, we think everybody realizes, you know, this is something that can be done. And it's, we just get so caught up in our own world. But uh, the transition you you took from the uh, kind of independent film studio. So were you on, I know you are video creators. Were you doing video for them and that you kind of brought that with you to social media or is that something you picked up later? Well, when I say the world's smallest film company, I mean <laughs> me and my partner. Like yeah. <laughs> it's the two of us and we really don't even consider ourselves like uh, filmmakers as much as... Um, activists with a camera. Um, so, so we do documentary work and, um, I'm, I'm really just like the sound person in that situation and the person that, you know, will be willing to run up to somebody and ask if they want to do an interview. So, um, that was, that was just kind of a side fun thing that I was doing. It wasn't really, um, you know, my full-time job, I actually have never held down a full-time grown-up <laughs> job. Um, when I, when I got into all of this, I was, I had actually been a stay-at-home mom for eight years. So I went straight from not finishing college yeah. <laughs> to, um, being married and having kids and suddenly found myself 
in the midst of a divorce with absolutely no skills. So I had to go out and get them. Yeah. No, that uh, I've heard that story a lot and I've been in similar situations uh, and it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, when you have no real resume, I mean, the job market out there, it's like they want you to have all this experience to get the job, but then you need the job to get the experience and you're kind of stuck in that kind of backwards loop. And that's where a lot of people, they go and look for these online opportunities. And then once you break through that kind of mindset of, is this real or not? And you actually take the risk on it. You end up, you know, kind of like yourself running a pretty successful social media business online and working from the comfort of your own home, which having kids myself, I know that's been one of the biggest blessings of running my own business from home is, you know, I'd, that was one of my biggest driving factors was my kids. Cause I used to have to you know, be tied to a schedule at a job and miss out on things. And like my six year old daughter, I didn't get to go to a single one of her soccer games the first year she played because, or even practices because I was working every Saturday at my job and couldn't get off for it. And, you know, that was one of my biggest motivating factors to be able to, you know, really push myself to be a hundred percent working from home and kind of make my own schedule, spend time with my kids when I need to, I'm not needing to, you know, ask off time when one of my kids gets sick, which once they're in school seems to happen a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. And for me, it's, I have a very odd path because um, I actually have four kids at home with autism. So I knew a full-time regular job was never happening. It just was not in in the cards for me. And honestly, I would have been terrible at it anyway. Um, I I have an entrepreneur spirit. I have an entrepreneur heart. And it just would not have, it would have been like wearing pants three sizes too small for me to sit in an office all day. So um, in a weird way, having those limitations in my life of, um, you know, I can't go out and get this regular job nine to five. It it was freeing for me. Yeah. Um, whereas most people, I think, think of that as it's a limitation. It is, it is something that holds you back. To me, it, it was permission to go find something different and also drive. I mean, there is no option to fail, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And I mean, and if you had gone out and gotten a job, I mean, the, the, it's rough with kids in general, but especially in your situation with the kids having autism, the cost of childcare goes up even more to have somebody that's specialized that can, you know, watch your children with autism. Yeah. No daycare would take them. Yeah. That know what they're doing. And even more so you'd be working a job just to pay for childcare and have nothing left. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, you were kind of, you're back against the wall instead of leaving it as a negative poor me situation, you use that as a drive, which is, inspiring and that's great to hear. I mean, I love hearing stories like that where people use what a lot of people might use as a negative situation in their life and really turn it into a positive and a motivating factor for themselves. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride. And and the thing is, you know, when something is your life, you're so used to it, right? So it doesn't sound like that big of a deal to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I do enjoy the look on people's faces when I tell them. I, I almost wish I could have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so kind of getting into that a little bit, when you first started, what were some of the kind of struggles or hurdles you had to overcome with, you know, kind of learning this new landscape and growing in it while managing with your kids and kind of balancing those two out or some of the kind of struggles or hurdles you had to overcome to get to the point where you were 
successful that you are today? In the beginning, I think it was just time, you know, um, having enough time to both educate myself and actually implement everything that I was learning. Um, I, I'm a jump both feet in kind of person. I did not spend a lot of time in the thinking, planning, dreaming stage. I, I just, like I said, I started doing it for the film company and I thought, well, then I can do this. And, (laughs) um, I joined, uh, Rachel Peterson's uh, SMU course and started learning there. Um, which I think was probably the best early move that I made, which was to like get immersed in the social media marketing community and, and soak up as much as I could. So I had to spend a lot of, Oh, and I was, did I mention full time in school? Cause I decided to finish my degree. Um, cause I thought I, at the time for me, finishing my degree was almost more of a, about me. Um, then, then, you know, I didn't have anything to prove to a potential employer. I actually, basically put myself in school and said, I have until the day I graduate to have a business. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I was learning for school and then I was learning for, um, this. And so I spent a lot of very late nights. There were nights there I was up until one, 2 AM and then kids were waking me up at five. Um, and it just was a matter of finding enough time and energy in my day. Um, now I'm at the point where I have all of my kids are old enough that they're in school during the day and I have a nanny as well. So <laughs> I'm quite spoiled now almost. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's, that's huge. And the, you really did kind of box yourself in with time to, you know, go back to school, try to build the business and take care of the kids on your own. But I mean, it's more power to you and you obviously you excelled under that pressure and, uh, came out the other side successful. So that's, that's great to hear. Thank you. Let's see the, so with, with Rachel Peterson's, uh, group, I, I love her. <laughs> She's a, a great person with, within, uh, you know, kind of her course and her network. Did you, uh, find it was more of the course itself that kind of helped get you going or was it the connections you made through her in the course that really helped take you to that next level beyond just starting out in your business? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it was the the community aspect there um, because you get the course, but then you also get a, basically a Facebook group where you can go in and ask all of the initially feels like dumb questions you have. <laughs> and um, so that was really great. And then I've, I've ended up doing pretty much you know, her elite course and, and now I'm in what's called her social click. So now it's more about getting those connections that, that yeah. I didn't have on, on the early days. But um, really there's just a unique community there. Um, in most, most online places, you know, online Facebook groups, everybody, it almost feels like a big com- competition in a lot of places. Yeah. There, it was, it was much more of like a, fostering growth and development. So um, that was actually a really good place for me to stumble across in my early days. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of it was the, the educational piece within the community because you had the, the chance to just ask questions. You know, so few places are safe for you to ask questions when you're starting out. Yeah, no, and I, I completely get that. I took, whenever I was first getting started and kind of trying to build my own agency, 
on the side of uh, working a full-time job because I do social media marketing as well and build funnels for clients. It was a lot of these courses I got into or just, you know, groups I got into. It's like you said, very competitive and uh, not necessarily self-driven people in a positive sense, but kind of step on others to get ahead. Sense. And then, you know, once you do find kind of how you found Rachel Peterson's course, once you do find a course or a mentor that also has a community built around it that you can get inside that's really, you know, positive, don't care, you know, how stupid you may think your question sounds when you're asking it at the time, there's always going to be somebody there to answer it, you know, positively, they'll offer some positive, uh, you know, criticism and feedback on things when you're asking for it. And, you know, and it's really great. And, you know, similar to you with Rachel Peterson, uh, uh, somebody who's become a friend of mine and a mentor is uh, Ross Christofoli. I don't know if you've seen him online, but, you know, I took his course uh, when it was just in the beta stages originally. And, you know, and I've kind of grown with him as a mentor and I'm now part of his inner circle and everything. And it's, I mean, it's huge and it's very great on a personal level and a business level when you can find a mentor that you can actually connect with and that has a community around them that's really positive and uplifting as well because in the entrepreneur space it is especially working from home in the entrepreneur space it gets rather lonely at times when you're just surrounded by those negative groups of people you know looking to step on others to get ahead it it's nice to find those communities for sure exactly and i feel like when you do find those communities um you end up learning a lot about how to create that yourself right yes. so I love to see the ripple effect of that because now I see people like me and and I assume like you starting your own um, entrepreneur encouraging groups and and all that. And so that's actually kind of where I also realized that I enjoy helping other people and um, giving back, you know, as you kind of move along, I still go into the, the kind of like the freebie group that she has sometimes and just try try to help people. Um, and then I've started my own Facebook group where it's, it's more of a female focused space, but um, we do have a few like really, really cool men. Um, (laughs) they're not afraid of pink and a lot of gifs. And so we love them. Um, and you know, it's, it's really a space where I get to hopefully try to be that for other people because I know what it was like and it feels like a really long time ago, but it, it wasn't, it was just two years ago where I was, kind of stumbling around trying to trying to find my way. So if I can shorten that fear based, you know, start for somebody, then yeah, I hope I can. Yeah. And and that's exactly kind of what I've tried doing with this uh podcast, so to speak, is because a lot of the times you see these, you know, ads or promotional posts or Instagram feeds from these entrepreneurs and it's a lot of fake sometimes, but then also a lot of times it just it makes it look unattainable to those starting out. So it looks beyond their reach. You know, they haven't gotten their mindset shifted correctly or anything to believe that, you know, they too can achieve it. That person's not any different than them uh, when it boils down to it and they can, you know, create that life for themselves too, if they want. And really a lot of it came down to, and I have nothing against the guy. I've actually, you know, consumed a lot of his content and he's a brilliant marketer, but he's the best reference I can make is Ty Lopez. (laughs) Everybody, and it, it's nothing against him. Like I said, I, I think he's a brilliant marketer. He's obviously doing well for mm-hmm. himself. But he puts out that image of, you know, 
that he does, but then you see all these other people try to implement it that aren't actually living that lifestyle. And so they're, you know, going and getting in front of cars that they don't actually own or uh, taking, you know, videos of themselves on the beach or somewhere when acting like that's everyday life when really that's just, you know, one day they went out there and filmed a video real quick to make it seem like everyday life. And so that's kind of where I was inspired to kind of make this start up this podcast is, you know, I, I wanted to talk to real entrepreneurs of different levels of success and really get the share the, you know, no bullshit story of, you know, there is struggles, there is, you have to put in work, you know, you have to overcome things to, you know, have your level of success, regardless of what that is. And everybody has a different definition of what success Mm -hmm. is to them. And, you know, I kind of really wanted to share that with people because I've, whenever I was starting out, you know, I kept just seeing, you know, you know, the stuff Ty Lopez was putting out, people trying to implement him, uh, Grant Cardone, and you see all these people, you know, in these, you know, $100,000 cars and stuff, and they make it seem in this light like it's easy, while at the same time, it's unattainable. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, so I really kind of just want, that's, you know, kind of like you with your community of encouraging others. It's really my purpose behind when I started this podcast was to encourage those starting out and show that, you know, it's not all uh, puppies and rainbows. There is, hard, <laughs> it, it is hard times and it does take real work and yes. it can, you can strike gold and it can uh, be much easier to earn a ton of money on your own, starting your own business in today's world with the internet versus if you were trying to start a brick and mortar business, but it mm-hmm. still takes work. It's still a business and you still have to run it like one. It's not just, you know, sleeping all day and going to the beach and not actually doing anything other than <laughs> posting a picture online. Uh, and, so, and so, I mean, that's what I did here. And I have recently started a group on Facebook as well, but I've been completely neglecting that because I've been so focused on other things. <laughs> and uh, I'm really in the mode of getting this podcast back up and going because I did take a break with it for a while after my uh, son was born. And uh, oh, Yeah, that'll do it. Focus on that. <laughs> focus on that for a while. Plus, then right after Christmas, we moved, so I had a lot going on, and now I'm back in the position to get this back fired up, and hopefully, doing one or two of these a week, and really start reaching out to my audience that I was building before, and even growing it beyond there. Mm-hmm. And I think showing kind of the balance is so important because I actually went on a Facebook rant a few weeks ago about how you know that saying. Um, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm calling this one. No, (laughs) (laughs) you can absolutely love what you, what you do, but it's still work. It's, and they're always going to be, no matter how much you outsource, right. There's still going to be some aspects of your business that only you can take care of that you don't love. Uh And there we're setting ourselves up for these like unrealistic expectations, not even just of the the beautiful beaches, which yeah. I, don't, I don't even like the beach. Um, <laughs> I, I, I confess I'm like a, a I'd much rather go to a city. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's not just in that way that we have these unrealistic ideals. We have it even in the work part um, that we think, you know, if I were good at this, it wouldn't be so hard. Or if, you know, this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing, I, you know, wouldn't feel this much like work. And I'm like, no, it's work. It is absolutely work. You can 
be passionate about what you do and still like have a day where you just want to cry and throw your computer across the room. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I wish people were more real about it. And I think women also get this, you know, I know with guys, it's like the Lambos thing. Yeah. But with women, oftentimes it's about the way we look. Yeah. And so we also get these, these feelings of, you know, I'm not pretty enough to be this, especially as in the online marketing world, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm surrounded by these gorgeous women and it, it can be intimidating um, for women, I think, to feel like there's the standard that we have to live up to on that end as well. And um, I do what I can to show people as much behind the scenes as, as I can, because I do have my, my video series, right? It's a 60 second social media tips. So, um, because my partner is somebody who's good with a camera and we have lighting gear and all of that, I'm a little bit spoiled (laughs) and, (laughs) and, um, I know when people see these videos that it is impressive and and that's the point, but also I try to show especially, you know, people in my group, kind of these behind the scenes of like, when I was starting with those videos, I didn't have an office. What you're actually seeing is my living room, a very little corner, very clean part of my living room. (laughs) That's not a desk. That's one of those like cube things from Target that you, you know what I mean? Like those Uh things where you put those cube Uh storage (laughs) things in and my legs are sticking out in between those cubes. You can't see it because we chose not to show that to you. That's what that was. Um, And, you know, just kind of showing that behind the scenes of you have to get creative sometimes to, to show what you want to show. But also I'm not embarrassed to say that that's how I started. I have an office now. It's super cute and I'm happy to show it to people, but that's how I had to start. And if we can be real about where we start, then people can see you know, that they're not so far away from getting what, where they want to go. Yes. And, and, and that's very true. And I mean, and that's kind of how I started to except you know, a lot of the time it was just me working from the couch or every now and then, you know, setting my computer up on the coffee table, working from the couch. I wasn't completely reclined back on the couch because we were in a, you know, two bedroom apartment with our uh, three kids. And so it was, you know, didn't really have a spot to put a desk. Uh, the mm-hmm. spot where I considered putting a desk, uh, we ended up setting up the crib, getting ready for my son. <laughs> and, you know, and now we're in a, uh, we're renting a bigger house and I actually have a room dedicated as an office and everything. And it's great. But yeah, no, when I started out, I was, you know, a lot of time working on the couch or I'd have to go kind of lock myself in the laundry room or the uh, <laughs> the bedroom to take client calls and just kind of make it look presentable behind me <laughs> while I did video client calls and stuff and uh, just try to make the best of the situation I was in because I didn't have an actual office or even an actual desk. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, they, they think they, you know, they get, a, they need perfection. They even get started and that's what they get kind of blocked by they block themselves from their own success because they feel they need to have oh i need to have this desk set up i need to have the best computer i need to have an actual microphone i need to have this i need to have that instead of just getting started and then you know making those adjustments as they go on and that's what i've always been about is just getting started jumping into Mm -hmm. it and going when i first started into this i was 
I didn't even have a computer of my own really. And my, my computer was completely broken really. It just needed to be kind of junked. And I was using my wife's laptop until I got to the point where I could get my uh, MacBook pro, which actually my wife got me as a gift. Um, so, you know, she's one of my biggest supporters and, uh, this computer has helped me a lot, but I didn't wait till I had that to get started. And then I first started my, uh, my podcast, you know, I didn't have the best mic in the world and I still don't have the best one. I'm still, you know, looking to upgrade again and my, you know, software wasn't the best, all of that. And I had connection issues a lot of the times on those first few episodes and, but I didn't let that hold me back. I still, you know, got it done, got the episodes out there and I went for it. And so many people, they hold themselves back because they feel it has to be, you know, perfect and need mm-hmm. to be that way to get started. They feel their, you know, their podcast needs to be Joe Rogan level uh, production <laughs> quality when, you know, obviously before he even started that, he was a big success in Hollywood with the UFC and Fear Factor and his comedy. But then not even that, when he first started his podcast, it was sitting on couches at his house. You know, he didn't have the big studio and everything that he has now with this podcast when he first started. And so many people just want to look polished version of where things are at now for some people and not really take a look at what it took for them to get there. And a lot of the time, these overnight successes that people see or talk about, they ignore the work that was put in for the years, you know, when you never really heard of that person before they became that quote unquote overnight success. It's truly became an overnight success. You just didn't hear about them until after they were a success. Yeah. And, and it's all about, you know, luck favors the prepared for sure. Um, but imperfect action is better than inaction. And, um, I think also, especially in the online entrepreneurial world, we get very caught up in the way things look and, um, you know, marketing ourselves. But when it comes down to it, like, can you, can you deliver for clients? You know, they care more about what I can do for them than how, you know, my videos look. They care more about me getting them leads than how I look on Instagram, you know? Um, and, and at the end of the day, I would rather have happy clients and testimonials from them than a really cute website. Although I do love my website. Um, (laughs) so I, I think that's something else of like, where are your priorities? Where, where are you investing your time? Because sometimes I feel like in that educational space where we're trying to learn about um, how to run our business and and how to do our business, we can get more caught up in like the our business part than than the actual like implementation of those skills for your clients. And and that's not that's not good. People will know, you know, if your if your Instagram looks great but you're not helping your clients get where they where you promised, then then that's a problem. Um, and I feel like that, that happens sometimes too. And and it's a shame because, you know, we, we put so much into both of those, those spaces and in our clients and in ourselves. So you want to get results in both. Yes. And I mean, obviously if you're in the social media space, trying to build your own content and stuff like that is important, but I mean, I've had success before I even focused on my own 
at all. Like I, I've only recently started focusing on truly building my own uh, social media out further and really trying to show clients what I can do by doing it with my own and try to reach more clients to bring on more through my own, uh, so to speak that way. But what really matters at the end of the day, if you're getting into the agency model of entrepreneurship is can you deliver results for the clients? Cause that's all they're going to care about is if they're going to pay you X amount of dollars, can you get them that money back? And then some, I mean, they want to see that they're going to turn a profit and not just burning money by letting you, you know, play around on their social media is all they're going to really think about it. I mean, they want to see that you're a professional at what you can do. You know what you're doing and you're going to drive real customers into their business and they're going to make money. I actually joke that I, you can almost tell when I'm really busy with clients because my social media gets worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's hard because that's my billboard, right? That's, yeah. that's how I show the world what I'm good at, but I'm like, oh, you know, I've really, you know, I've only got so much time in the day and I'm going to show up for my clients more than for my Instagram account. Like who cares about mine right now? Yeah. <laughs> delivering. So, so it's also, you know, interesting. A lot of social media managers aren't even doing their own social media half the time. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> their VAs are helping them out for good reason because they're busy doing it for their clients. So it's kind of funny in, the, in that sense, that kind of like circle. Yeah. And, and I've even gotten to the point to where I've considered a VA for my own social media just to try to build it out further and keep it active because I, I fall into the same thing. I, I'm helping clients with, you know, their different uh, social media accounts, whether it's their LinkedIn or their Instagram, their Facebook, I'm running ads for them, building funnels out that, you know, I'm so consumed in all of that stuff, which I love doing. And I'm doing it for my clients that my own stuff just kind of falls to the wayside. And so I, I've even been considering, you know, getting a VA or something just to handle that. That way I can kind of build up my own billboard, as you put it, to really have that presentation there going at the same time without trying to sacrifice the time that I'm putting in for my clients, which I enjoy doing because I love to over-deliver for my clients. That's how I keep them happy, keep coming back and get the good referrals and testimonials that help me get more clients. Exactly. And so with the entrepreneur encourager aspect of what you do, is that like kind of what you were talking about with your group and uh, kind of popping back in onto like the free pages of uh, Rachel Peterson's thing? Or is there other things you do as well to kind of help build up other aspiring entrepreneurs and uh, get I like going into to other Facebook groups, but definitely in my own, um, we, we, I have so much fun in my own group. I, I admit probably a little bit too much fun some days. But, um, you know, it started out as I, I thought, okay, this will be all about social media marketing because that's what I do. And I'm just going to teach them about social media marketing. But I realized half the time that people were coming in, it was, it was more about mindset. It was more about um, the things that were frustrating them and more about the running of their business than necessarily like needing to understand how to do something on Facebook, you know? So it's kind of evolved into, yes, it's about social media and we talk a lot about social media, but it's, we also talk about just like I have occasionally wine Wednesday where you can just go in and vent because sometimes yes. you really need to. And, you know, we're just going to give you a virtual glass of wine and say, I understand. And because sometimes, you know, you don't really want a solution. You, 
Oh, I'm so sorry. This is a shared office space. You are perfectly fine. <laughs> Do you want me to just wait until that stops ringing? Oh, no, you're, you're perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, my, uh, the guy I have that produces my podcast now can always kind of clean that up a little bit, but even so, it's not very loud. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you know how sometimes you, you're frustrated with something or something happens in your business and you don't really need a solution. You know what to do, but you just need a vent, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I try to like provide that safe space in a way to, to talk about your business, um, even the hard things. And, you know, just all, all the way around, try to show people that they can do it. And I know that my story in particular speaks to a lot of women who have been in this position of, uh, single and mom and don't have a degree and, and all of those things where yeah. um, you have a family to provide for. And I, I try to show people that they can do it. And the ad of, you know, I have all these children with autism yes. um, is kind of, it's, it's my, it's the one thing where I'm like, come on, you can, if I can do it, you can do yeah. it. <laughs> but, but, and I don't say that to like demean because everybody has different struggles and everybody has different things that, um, you know, I couldn't handle some of the things that they're going through. I mean, typical kids freak me out. Like <laughs> dating, I'd be dying. Um, so, so we all have our own things, but I always hope to show people that whatever is happening, whatever is going on that you can push through. And that sometimes when your back is against the wall is when you'll find your real strength, you know? And so that's what I kind of I do in my group is try to try to build people up and, and show them that they can they can do this. That that's awesome to hear. And uh, kind of going on the mindset theme, what was the biggest mindset shift you had to make when you were getting into this uh, that was maybe holding you back in the beginning? Um, I would probably say just that general who would hire me. Yeah. You know, um, and that was actually something somebody had said to me in in the early days um, that, you know, who would hire you? And it stuck with me. And now I think I got to s turn that around in my brain. I started thinking every time I land a client, I'm going to think of that moment and that person and smile. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I think a, in a lot of ways, that's what mindset can be about is turning what was a negative thought into a thought that motivates you because you know the other the other hard things that i have is you know it's not just uh, you know the having kids with autism isn't just an issue of time and, and stress it's it's also an issue of finances right um the average person with autism in their lifetime um their care is 1.4 million dollars 2.4 if they have an intellectual disability as well, which three of mine do. So in the beginning, I thought, I'm always going to be poor. Yeah. I'm never going to make enough money to take care of them the way they deserve to be taken care of. I'm always going to be on social security disability for them. And those were thoughts that really weighed me down. And until I could reach a point where I thought, you know, that's just going to hold me back. Like <laughs> thinking that way, I'm never going to get anywhere. So I started looking at it as, of course, I'm going to make money. Yeah. I have to. There's no, there's no plan B. There's no other option. I have to make money. So I will. 
And so I actually look at that as an asset now because I've got an incredible amount of drive. I've got the biggest motivator that I think anybody could have. So um, turning those those kind of low places and and those negative thoughts into something that is a motivator is is huge. Yeah, no, that that really is. And it, it really is about kind of reframing questions or statements that other people have said or things that you even bring up to yourself when you're in those self-doubt kind of stages of, you know, who would hire me of turning, you could turn that into the legitimate question of who would hire me and figure out your ideal client or yes, or all the people who need me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Or who wouldn't hire me? You know, it's, you got to find, you know, it's all about you, your personality, but finding that way that works with you and what you're doing of reframing those questions into a more positive sense and, overcoming all that self-doubt is is huge because a lot of the times we put things on other people and other external situations but a lot of the time it comes back on us and our own kind of self-doubt and stuff we get in our own way and hold ourselves back but if we can get through Mm -hmm. that kind of shift our mindset and really find something in our lives to drive us uh you know nothing will stop you essentially it's you you over once you get beyond yourself, I mean, it's up to you uh, to put on new limits if you want limits because, I mean, you'll be able to accomplish just about anything. Yeah. I mean, so often it's we just have to get out of our own way and um, also like allowing yourself to want things. I feel like that, again, is a particular um, issue I see a lot for women is like giving yourself permission to want more. And even with, you know, all of, all of my stuff, right. All the, the costs and and all of that, I still actually love to think of really frivolous things that I want to do with money. Like, (laughs) um, like I, I want, I have a specific goal in mind for um, how much money I'm going to make, and then I'm going to be allowed to get a very specific purse. Do I need it? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, it's it's a fun motivator, and I think sometimes we also forget that part too. Of like, we can have more fun goals. We can have, um, we can want something that is just for the heck of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and and that actually takes some of the pressure off as well. Um, instead of thinking like, I need to make X amount of money so I can make rent, right? I think of the next bigger goal and think, oh, I need to make X amount of money because I want to go on that trip. Like, yes, make it, make, make it a little more fun sometimes yeah. because and, life is hard. Like just, you know, some, I know everybody's motivated by different things, but yes. I have found that sometimes also making, making things a little lighter can, can be huge because we get so, you know, the more intense you get about like, I need to succeed, the more you freak people out. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you can always tell when somebody's coming from like that almost desperate place of, you know, and I've been there and it was not, it's not a cute look. It's not, (laughs) not something that inspires confidence from people. Yes. And so I started making like almost bigger, more ridiculous goals and found that easier to hit. 
yeah. because it wasn't just about like, oh, I've got to put food on the table. And yes, I had to do those things. And I would get there on the way to, you know, something sparkly. So, <laughs> so I'm, that might be showing a little bit of my vein side, but I've actually found that that helps. <laughs> no, and, and, and that really is, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's sure you need to have the awareness of, okay, I need, you know, I need to have this amount to, you know, pay my bills this month or this amount to uh, get completely debt free or, you know, whatever those, you know, core kind of things that need to be taken care of. Sure. You want to have awareness of that but it is good to have those overlaying lying goals of whether it's a specific outfit or a purse or a trip or a car a dream house you know whatever it may be it's okay to have those different kind of lavish goals because that will push you beyond the core ones that you need because if you're just aiming for okay I need five thousand dollars this month to pay rent and groceries and whatever else you know then you might not even hit that. But if you're aiming for, I need to hit, you know, $50,000 within the next three months to go on this trip as well as cover my bills, well then you're definitely going to be able to cover your goals because your core things, because you're aiming for such a higher thing, you're putting in a lot more work than just trying to hit that small dollar amount. Mm -hmm. I find when you're aiming for a much bigger one, you might not hit it right on the nose, but you're going to get much closer to that and completely exceed the need tos and be much closer to that want to. Right. If you aim at survival, that's all you're going to hit. Exactly. And you're always going to be in survival mode. And and I aimed for survival for a long time, and uh, it it kept me in a uh, a job and working on the side. And as soon as I kind of started getting shifting that mindset and moving beyond that. That's whenever I was finally able to just leave my job, jump 100% into this and, you know, provide for my family working from home. I mean, I, I can cover our survival and I'm, you know, focusing beyond my survival. And that's where I'm able to completely, not completely remove stress, obviously with kids, and everything <laughs> else, all this stuff that comes up. But a lot of the stress I had a year ago is not there anymore because, you know, I'm, I got out of that just survive mode and really started looking at what I could accomplish big picture and long term for myself, my wife and my kids. Yeah, people people kind of laugh at this, but one of my biggest accomplishments of last year was um I bought a dishwasher, which sounds really really lame, <laughs> but um it was that moment when okay, the dishwasher's dead, right? And yeah. uh, there are too many people in my house to not have that around. So I was able to two hours later, get in my car, go to the store and buy one, not putting it on credit. I just bought it. Yeah. You know? And that's the kind of thing that has made such a difference to me is, you know, just the ability to do something like that. Yes, it was a need, but back in the day it was okay. It was stressing. It was putting it on credit and how many payments and I had to do a ton of research to buy like the cheapest option that would work for the longest amount of time. And it was so wonderful to just get in my car and go to Home Depot and get a dishwasher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was kind of funny, but it, in a weird way that signified this like ease about my life that I'd never had before. Yes. When you can go out and make a, what is a, a big purchase like that? If you can go out and make a big purchase like that and you're not having to stress about, 
oh, do they have any special financing going on right now? Or do I have enough credit available to do this? Yeah, or, are they going to laugh at me when yeah. I go there? <laughs> <laughs> you just go in, pick out the one that you want, not just the cheapest one, and buy it without putting it on credit. That That's huge. I mean, and yeah, that might not be some people's goals, but definitely uh, I can relate to that being a father in a, a house with kids. It's, I mean, it's a big necessity and having a nice one and one that works is huge. And if you can go out, like you said, and just actually pay for it, not have to, you know, use a credit card or worry about financing, that that's definitely a big milestone and kind of, I can definitely see where that would make the almost shift in your mind where you're like, wow, I'm actually at this point in my life and my business where you know, a year or two previously, you know, I would have been stressing and probably in my kitchen. I would have been hand washing dishes for a year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Trying to save up. And that that's definitely a, a huge point in your business. And uh, I can definitely relate to how great that would probably feel being able to walk into the store and do that. Now, the next thing I want to be able to do is just like walk into the airport and buy a plane ticket and <laughs> go where I want. That's the next goal of freedom. Yeah. yeah. And, or like I see some of these people, they uh, buy a house and buy their dream home, get it built or whatever in cash. That 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 would be a nice goal to hit as well because then uh, if you can do that, then you know you're definitely doing very well in your business. Oh, uh, my dream home goals are obscene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They involve like really ridiculous plans, and um, I kind of enjoy thinking about it. Like, (laughs) let me let me be a little over the top, right? Yeah, well, you have to be a little bit. I mean, if you're going to spend that much on an investment of a home, you might as well uh, get the one you want, right? And uh, (laughs) and if you're aiming for that, you might as well even think a little bit bigger than you might actually settle for. That way, you actually have the money to do it, like we were talking about. Yeah. My dreamland can like has made quarters, you know what I mean? And <laughs> <laughs> in, in your situation, that would probably be uh, great running a very successful business and having, you know, a live in maid or nanny to help exactly you know, the house behind the kids and yourself. It would, I mean, that'd almost be a necessity at that point if your business is doing that well. Well, I actually I look down the line and I know the really big crazy obscene dream is to have like a little kind of autism village because um none of my kids will ever like completely live on their own yeah Uh, so I want to like create a community for them and for other families who have adults with adult children with autism so like create a safe place with you know um medical staff and and community skills and, and all of these things. And I know it's like, it would be a huge undertaking, but that is the big dream. And I, I could have never even thought of that, you know, as a, as a hope until I realized how much was possible having my own business. And, yeah. you know, really that, that feeling of the sky is the limit. Um, it wasn't until I was, you know, in this world and, and seeing and hearing from real people. Cause you know, it's one thing to see like celebrities, right. Yes. And feel like, well, that's, I can't sing. I can't act. That's not happening. Um, but when you see very kind of average people 
who are just quietly and sometimes more publicly, but I've, I've noticed plenty of them are very quietly just building this life that most people can't dream of. It's, it really changes. I think sometimes people spend too much time still with like their, I hate to say this, like their average life friends (laughs) because, you know, you spend an afternoon with like your family sometimes and they can make you feel like, what are you doing? You know, just go get something steady and with benefits and, and all of that. And then you can go and spend an afternoon and, you know, spending some time online with some other people. And and it's like, you remember that the sky is the limit. So it's also about who you, who you surround yourself with. Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. I mean, the whole kind of, it's almost, it's not really cliche outside of the entrepreneur circles, but it almost seems cliche inside of it because it gets said so much, but being the kind of sum of the five people you hang around the most, it's uh it really is true. And I mean, when I got into this, changing up my circle of influence and changing my influence overall just kind of really shifted uh, where I was able to go and what I was able to do. And I mean, I grew up, you know, playing Xbox and stuff as a kid. And I spent a lot of time watching Netflix with my kids and stuff whenever I first, and now that I'm to a point where I'm scaling and growing and I have better time management over myself working from home, I'm able to still kind of do those things and watch movies with my kids and stuff and enjoy time with them. But I went probably a good six months to a year to where, you know, I cut all that out. I was my entertainment focused solely on, you know, educational things or audio books and working with my mentors and really diving into this. And I'm not saying that's what everybody needs to do, but that's kind of what I needed to do to really shift my focus and my mindset and really focus in on where I needed to go. And, some of that was my online friends and presence, but a lot of it also was my uh, circle of friends actually in the real world. I mean, I don't hang out with a lot of the people I used to. Uh, and that's just because they weren't going in the direction that I was looking to take my own life. And I had to get away from that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I will argue though with people though and say that Mad Men, watching Mad Men on Netflix is totally entrepreneurial and <laughs> marketing research because they talk about marketing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that is a good show. I haven't watched that one in a while. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd be scared to go back and try to watch it because that'd probably be another one. I would get sucked back into rewatching the whole thing and end up binge watching and <laughs> lose my focus a little bit. I've, I've done that here and there on shows where I'm like, Oh, I'm bored. I'll just kind of throw an episode on in the background while I'm, working on this and then also I get sucked into watching it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I'm I am one of those people. Um I've never been a complete like I've never done what you did. Yeah. I could I don't I don't know that I can. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I enjoy my my Netflix um yes. somewhat addiction. I, I think lately, I pretty much always have a series that at the end of the night, I'll sit down with with my partner and we watch something. And that's, you know, I think everybody also has their like own routines and their own ways that they deal with everything. And and um, Netflix is definitely my de-stressor. I used to, I used to color too, which 
that was like a big thing for a while. Do you remember when like everybody was coloring? <laughs> yeah, and they started releasing those like adult coloring books with cuss words and stuff. I have like five of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're, they, they work. They're very yeah. good stress relievers. And I was actually thinking the other day, I need to pull those back out. Like I just yeah. need Netflix and color. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everybody has like those different ways of, of coping and, and sometimes it's during those moments though, where I'll have like those really good ideas, you know, um, where I'll think of something outside of the box for a client maybe. And, and so I think for me, it's part of like my, my whole process. Um, I always think though that creative people are just strange. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think you have to kind of exercise your creative side of your mind too. And that's, that's one thing that really did kind of break me out of that is I was getting so focused on just reading all of these business and self-help things and everything that that's, it all started to become almost repetitive and mm-hmm. I needed a break from that. So I got back into being my nerd self and reading my graphic novels and getting back into watching my shows with my wife on Netflix and stuff and really expanding on my creative mind. And I really started to notice it helped with my copywriting that I would do and things like that. It really, you know, it really had a positive impact on expanding my creative mind again. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's like there's these two schools of thought within entrepreneur world. It's like hustle 80 hours a week, grind till you did. And then there's like, I only work four hours a week. And I'm like, Uh most of us fall somewhere in the middle of that. Most of us probably, especially depending on what stage you are, you're working more than 40 hours a week, but you also, you know, make sure you have time to go on a date with your spouse and, um, you know, check in on your kids and, and, and all those reasons why you want to work for yourself. So yes, all things there's balance. (laughs) Yeah. You definitely need those things and you have to find the balance in life, especially when you have a family. And I mean, you can't, you don't want to be putting all this time and effort into building a business that you're neglecting time with your kids and missing out on the things. You know, if, if your goal is to not have to miss out on things for your kids for a job and then you're coming home and working on your business, grinding on it or whatever you want to say, and still missing out on things with your kid because you're so focused on that. I mean, you have to find that happy balance where you can put in the work and treat it like a job almost to build your business, but still spend that time and freedom with your kids that you wanted to have. And finding that balance is key to, you know, have true success where you're, you know, happy with the life you're building for yourself. And I think people wait too long to outsource, you know, (laughs) Um, if you're working 80 hours a week, you probably don't need to. Yes. Or you're doing something very wrong. (laughs) Yes. Like you're not charging enough to outsource and then you've got a problem, but, um, then you just need to, you know, start charging people more. Um, but you know, you see that where people like kind of hold on to everything in their business too. Um, and I think that's, you know, that moment where you go from solo entrepreneur into working with a team, most people wait too long to do it and find that once they do, it's like heaven's gates have opened and you're like, oh, angels are singing. You're not nearly as stressed out. Yeah. I mean, it's a different level of work once you have to be dealing with people, but um, 
it's so worth it. Like it's, it's probably one of the things I tell people hire, like get even, even if it's just like a VA helping you out a little bit, do it sooner than you think you're ready (laughs) because by the time you think you're ready, you're drowning. Yeah, no. And and that's the thing. Some people wait too long to do that and get themselves organized and set up for long-term success like that where they don't burn out. Uh, we're going to need to go ahead and wrap this up. We've definitely had a great talk. (laughs) Anything you want to add here at the end or uh, any last little mindset tips or information? Um, Mindset tips. I mean, I I think I've pretty much um, babbled on about most of mine. (laughs) Um, But if you want to find me, I'm at be truly social pretty much everywhere on the internet. Uh, My group is also called be truly social media. And, um, yeah, come find me, come join my group. Um, we'll have fun. Okay. Awesome. Thank you again so much for coming on. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed talking with you. It was great to hear your story and, uh, have this chat with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. You too.